Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. joining us today and I'm Dr. Joanne White and it's always a pleasure to be here and I'm excited today because I have a special guest and what he's going to talk about is very close to my heart and that's always important. So I'm talking about Reiner Lohm who's an award winning, excuse me, congratulations Reiner, author and the founder of Boomerang Coach. Before becoming an executive coach, Reiner had 30-plus years in career technology, starting and developed software businesses, as well as leading leadership development. His expertise in the business sector led Reiner to develop an executive coaching firm that specializes in leadership, as well as career development, innovation, and transformational change. In Reiner Lohm's groundbreaking new book, Aspire, Seven Essential Emotions for Leading Positive Change No Matter Where You Are, you will discover how to positively influence key stakeholders, build trust, lead with optimism, ride the waves of negative emotions, mobilize people to take action, as well as choose resiliency in the face of setbacks. Incredible. I'm holding the book right now. Welcome, Reiner Lohm. How Thank are you? you? I'm good. I'm, I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited, too, and I want our audience, our listeners, to know that this book, Aspire, just won awards. So congratulations. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I think it's be- it's well deserved too. It really is. So let's let's start a little bit because you have an extensive background in technology and developing software. Tell our listeners how you began and and then how you shifted your career. Yeah. So um, thanks for that question. I uh, I, I grew up in Germany uh, and I started my. Uh, career in technology there. Uh, I'm a computer scientist, uh, electrical engineer, but I, I went uh, after a technology career over 15 years, I went into um, starting businesses within Hewlett Packard, uh, helped to start HP's uh, software business globally and uh, and make it uh, help to grow it to, to over $4 billion business, which uh, was one of the largest software companies in the world uh, after some of the well-known names like Microsoft and others. But uh, it, that was very that was a school for me in terms of really uh, how to lead successfully and how to influence uh, positively, how to mobilize uh, people and resources, and uh, I fell in love with uh, you know f- from switching from developing technology uh, uh, to developing people 
developing leaders. Uh, I was in the later years at HP, I was uh, where I had a career from nearly 24 years. Uh, I, I had the, the, the um, the pleasure to on the side, basically, beside my regular business job, to also uh, do leadership development, uh, also do coaching within the company, and and uh, I um, uh, so that that became a, a jumping board for me or a stepping stone for me then uh, to go on my own and, and start my own uh, executive coaching firm. Now, the reason why why I did this, I in, in my mid career, I got very uh, started to get very concerned about the future of our society and our planet. I have children, I have grandchildren, and I um, I wanted to do something. So I went actually back to school again and studied uh, sustainability, uh, sustainable how we can build sustainable businesses that help, help to create a better future, a more sustainable future, and I learned a lot about uh, environmental and social justice and, and some of the issues, but rather than for me to focus on one issue or the other, I thought uh, I, I wanted to be a multiplier. I wanted to mobilize uh, leaders uh, uh, that are also caring you know, about this planet, about the society, and wanted to make improvements. I wanted to mobilize them and enable them to help um, make a contribution and lead our society to a better future, no matter where they are, if they are a startup or if they are in a community, even just without, within a family, the scale didn't matter to me so much. It doesn't matter so much, but that, that if somebody is dissatisfied with the status quo, uh, sees an important need that they become active and do something about it rather than just complaining about it uh, and suffering from it. And so I've been doing that for uh, over 15 years. Um, and uh, uh, that brought me to executive coaching, that brought me to facilitating um, uh, change uh, within organizations and outside. I work a lot with tribal leaders, uh, tribal communities, um, to help improve their conditions and, and build a better future. And also uh, writing books and, uh, and speaking as well and doing interviews like this. Well, beautiful. And you know what's very exciting to me, Reiner, about this book is that the emotions that you talk about that are really critical to leadership are not what people expect, but what I, what I believe and you believe, obviously, are really important for developing people, for creating a more loving, caring, sustaining future and planet. So bravo for that because a lot of people overlook that. And we'll get into that more deeply in terms of what they are. But I just, I'm, I'm very happy and excited about that for you. So you talk about how anybody can create change or, or make change happen in, in other people's lives or lead others to change in a more positive way. Explain that a little bit to, to, to our listeners, Reiner. Yeah, um, that's a very good question. I, I love that. That's one of the most important uh, uh, premises of, of, of the book, Aspire. Uh, first of all, anyone can create change. It's not a question of uh, can you create change or not. It's like if you have a, an idea of how the world could look better around you, um, that could be your relationships, that could be uh, within your family, it could be within the work environment that you are within the community or in the larger world. Uh, anybody can uh, create change uh, if you're able to, uh, to create a, a vision of how that change should look like, how, how that, that improvement should look like. 
But in order to create change, you, you have to change your behavior, starting with your own behavior first and uh, influencing the behavior of others, not to manipulate, but to influence, to, to change their behavior, to create positive change. That's the second premise. And, and the third one is that uh, there's, no, um, there's no, no action we take. There's no decision we make. There's, our behaviors are driven by our emotions. Okay, they are very powerful drivers of art. They are much more powerful than most of us think, and they can be learned. Uh, research has shown that emotions, not that, yes, we have the feeling they just happen to us, and they happen to us in in a, in a non-conscious way. If we we assess, and that comes to evolution, we assess a situation um, as dangerous or a threat or joyful or whatever, and, and then we feel that feeling and we act on that feeling very often in split seconds without thinking about it, right? Also, we have been trained that all our decisions are you know, made rationally, which is actually not true. And, and so uh, emotions drive our behavior. Now, that's why learning about emotions is so important. As over the years, I have been helping uh, people and leaders uh, coaching them to achieve their goals and with, in order to do that, to change their behavior. I had been doing a lot of studies and trying to figure out how uh, can somebody learn to change their behavior in a sustainable way, right? So let's say if you want to uh, live a more healthy life, let's say the, the typical thing is like weight loss, right? A lot of the weight loss um, programs, they go wrong because people, they know rationally what they need to do, right? How to eat healthy, how to exercise, but that does not automatically mean people are going to do it. So they're not driven. There's something emotionally that is in, in people's way. So emotions can serve as a barrier of, of, of a desired behavior, but they can also uh, serve as a driver of the desired behavior. And that's why you need to be aware of which, one, which emotions are not helpful in this current situation. Let's say if you want to um, build a trustworthy relationship with somebody, you have to, to feel trust. You have to develop the, the feeling of trust towards that person and vice versa, right? If you feel distrust, you're, not get, you're never going to be able to collaborate with that person. Now, in the workplace, we see that in teams and so on, where there's, there's very often I come into environments where distrust is very high um, for different reasons, several reasons. But I wanted to say that's why it becomes important to know what are the emotions that keep me from achieving my goals, to show that behavior that is needed to achieve my goals, and what are the, the emotions that are uh, uh, more useful, that would drive the desired behavior that I wanted to show in order to achieve my goals and, and empower my life, basically. So in that case, emotions help you to power your life because they are, they are an energy emotion. They're kind of an, an, an emotional energy that drives your behavior. Well, and, and I totally agree with that. I think I think emotions are very powerful, and they are energy. And you mentioned something very early on about people could could choose to create change or complain about it, and that's a choice that we have. And complaining is an emotion, you know, is part of oh, what's wrong with this and whatever. But that doesn't have any impact. It's just it's just complaining. And so some of the emotions, and we'll go into that in a little bit, are, are wonderful in term, from what I'm looking at your book, and I've read it, in terms of 
helping to bring people together, to mobilize them, to make them feel, like you mentioned, team before, that they're part of a team and they want to, they want to work together, they want to fulfill the same kind of goals, and, and they're there to not only help one another, but for, you know, to do something even more for the planet and for the particular industry or company that they're working with. So I love this book. Firstly, why did you call it Aspire, and what was the the drive or the the reason for for writing it, Reiner? Yeah, the the, the prerequisite uh, for for uh, for creating change or being a leader is that you need to aspire. Aspire is an emotion actually that uh, makes you want to uh, create something bigger, something you strive to, something you aspire to achieve something or to create some some change if, if that that's that's almost the eighth emotion I didn't uh, spell it out I call it seven seven essential emotions for leading change but it, the prerequisite that that you aspire to to create change if what you described wonderfully is say like very often and I have been in this place many times so I I'm not like looking at it as, as from an arrogant perspective and looking at others down and say oh that's what you should do no I have been there and I've experienced that that I'm dissatisfied with something and I've been complaining about it and I have been wondering how can I get out of the complaining mode into or the dissatisfaction mode with the status quo into doing something about it, right? That's why I wrote this book. That's why I'm saying everybody can do something and even if it's you changing just one person at a time, right? So it's not a question of uh, 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 can you create change or not? It's how much change can you create? How many people can you influence to change their behavior towards that vision that you have. So if, let's say, if I worry about uh, the, the climate, right, let's say uh, the global warming and so on, and say, oh, wow, we are 8 billion people and so on, and, and how can I have them all change their behavior? That is very unrealistic in one step. Can I, uh, can I influence um, people in my family, which I do? Can I influence um, my neighbors, uh, friends? Can I influence maybe people in my community? And so that's a question of the circle of influence that I want to have in order to create the change. And then it becomes an indefinite um, uh, uh, goal, basically, saying I can every morning I can wake up and create change towards that aspiration that I have to, to create change. And you can pick any other I- issue or challenge in the world uh, as for, for your own example. Well, and I, and I think it's important too. You know, what 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 a lot of people think though is is how do you how do you change an emotion? You mentioned earlier that emotions can pop up really quickly. I can see something and get angry or get upset, and that emotion is just there. And somebody can say, "Well, I don't have any control over that." Well, you and I believe that's not true. So, how does one? begin to take back, because that's how I'm going to call it, take back control, Reiner, of their emotions to be able to shift the emotion to what's really healthy for themselves and also for other people, especially if they're in a leadership role. Yeah, very good question. I I have to say, first of all, it, the emotions, emotions like that you feel give you important information. They are not bad or good, right? So if you get angry... Uh, and and you understand why you're angry that maybe the, an important value that you have uh, 
let's say um, you, you, you care about the well-being of children and you see somebody hurting a child and you get angry because that value that you hold so, so dearly is violated, right? But, you, if you if, but if you react on that anger and hurt that person, you're not going to help uh, your cause, right? So that's why saying, like, it, it becomes very important for you to say, oh, I'm angry. Why am I angry in this moment? It's a split second of anger not to stay in that anger and, and fall into rage. And, and I'm using this just as an, as an example. I can pick any other emotion and asking for what I want to achieve right now, the change I want to create, is this emotion, this anger right now uh, helpful or would there be another emotion more helpful? Right? I, I'd like to give an example of uh, that I find very often in the workplace and in the world, but it, it can happen in the family or in society in general. Um, when when people uh, sometimes I get hired or, or asked to coach somebody and the like this is a typical example the leader says um, to this employee or to this manager um, you are not a visionary leader you, you're not leading the, the, the your team uh, you're micromanaging or you uh, fixing issues and but you're not really leading the team you, you're not you're not a visionary leader and so I go in and say, well, this is not something somebody can just decide. No, <laughs> you have to have you, you have to have the emotional uh, 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 state and to be in the right emotional state in order to be a visionary leader. And so, what I very often find, what does people hold back? I talked about barriers to a certain behavior, to not be able to look into the future, is emotions that hold you on the back hold you back, that makes you always ruminate or think about the issues of the past. So resentment is such an emotion. Resentment is, is an emotion associated with the uh, feeling of feeling like a victim. Somebody did something to us. It might be the boss. It might be the partner in the family. It might be a friend or a neighbor, whatever, or somebody in a bigger society, a politician, saying, I, I feel resentful to this person. And people get stuck in that resentment and rehashing that uh, injustice that happened to them and, 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 and spend all the mental and emotional energy on that, which allows them not to, to look forward and say, how can I, how would I like ideally the situation to be? How like would I like to change it? And so, so that is an example where a emotion becomes a barrier to what the person actually wants to be able to do, like creating a better vision of the future and leading their team as a visionary leader, and rather they stuck, get stuck in the past. It's just, just one example. And so in this case, uh, the emotional shift that you asked me before, how can you do that? You need to be very aware of what is this emotion doing to you? So when I talk to people, they're not aware of that I live in resentment. That's not the language that people use, right? They say, maybe I'm angry, I, I'm not feeling good, I'm feeling frustrated or whatever but help them to decipher it, to understand them what emotional state they are in. I had this um, executive, let's let call him Jack, I'm, I'm changing the name here. He was exactly in that situation. And when I asked him, how do you feel? And he, he could not say, but if I ask him, tell a little bit about your, your, your work and what are the challenges with your boss and all the things, the stories he told me then were stories of victimhood. And I said, are you in resentment? He said, exactly, that's what I mean. And then I explained to him, well, your boss asked you to be a visionary leader. You want to be a visionary leader, but you cannot be a visionary leader if you are caught in the past. You, cannot, you don't have any energy left to think about the future and to lead towards the future. When he found that out, he was saying, 
oh, totally right. And then he said, how can I change it? And I said, well, it's very hard to move from resentment to optimism, which is the emotion that allows you to uh, envision a better future. Um, he said, I, that's, there's no direct path from resentment because all the energy is taken. You first need to accept the past, what happened to you. And accepting doesn't mean you have to like it. You just have to say it's past. It's it's in the past, and I cannot change it anymore. So I let go of it. I'm not going to spend any energy on it. And that way, help check then to move from acceptance was a stepping stone to move forward to the optimism. Today he leads like 20 times larger organization or 30 times larger organization than he was leading at that time. And he's a very effective leader because he has become a visionary leader. He has let go of those emotions that are not helpful and he's cultivating those emotions like optimism that help him um, to be a visionary leader. Beautiful, beautiful example. You know, it's, it's not only our emotion. When we're complaining or, or <clears throat> excuse me, in anger and we're relaying that to other people, whether it's our family or, or other people on the team, some of them may be picking up that same emotion so that it's, it, it's it sort of spreads because yeah. think about that for a minute. I mean, I was having a conversation with somebody a few days ago who was very upset about something, and I could feel the anger in her rising, and it 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 affected me a little bit, and I started to feel that rise within myself, and I had to check myself. So that's really important because because emotions can also be contagious a little bit and, and leading you got to be careful about what you're putting out yeah they, they are they are contagious uh, uh, and, and <laughs> in that in that case that contagiousness doesn't uh, discriminate it, it it happens to negative emotions as well as to positive emotions that's the difference between let's say inspirational leaders right that mobilize people they are able to uh, to spread positive emotions like inspiration Right? inspiring others, optimism and, 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 and trust and so on, and, and, and mobilize people versus others that, uh, that steer negative emotions. And negative emotion is, is, is a, uh, a very dangerous source in terms of, especially in, in times of uh, uh, a crisis, uh, like the, the pandemic we, we had the, the last years or, or you know, some other big crisis we have that affects everybody. So if we fall into a negative cycle of emotions, it makes us less resilient. That's established by research. Uh, and uh, so positive emotions on the other side help us to become more resilient. They become a source of resiliency. And there's a whole palette of positive emotions available to us that we as human beings and as leaders, we can consciously cultivate. Uh, we can cultivate like what you, what you described. We can say, oh, let me not spread so much hatred or anger or resentment. Let me spread maybe uh, a little bit more optimism or inspiration or uh, like so there's a whole palette of a joy, uh, gratefulness, etc. You know, and that's so important. And I think, again, I mean, if we take a look at our world a little bit, our leaders need to, to, to figure out what they're spreading and what they're communicating to to others because sometimes it is very volatile and it's not doing anything in terms of really creating positive change or, or moving forward in a really positive collective way. So tell us a little bit 
Reiner, about some of the beautiful emotions that are in your book, Aspire, and why they're so important. Yeah, there's a, so I, I chose these seven um, uh, because there's a, over 250 emotions, some experts say, and we're always in a mix of emotions. So we're not just in one specific emotions, it's a mix. And so it becomes very, and we have not learned in school. There's no curriculum that teaches emotions. Uh, it's somehow some of us have been lucky uh, because of our parents or other mentors or in, people that influenced us. So pe- it's very hard to learn. It's it's a new language for many people. And um, so rather than saying uh, like, oh, you have to learn all these emotions to to, to use emotions for you for to power your life, right? Um, speaking in the title of of your podcast or radio show, it, I, it's I picked the ones the seven that are most essential for anybody who wants to create positive change in their life or in, at a larger scale. And the first three are, uh, they built like a pyramid because uh, they are like building on each other. But the first three are empathy, compassion, and interest. Empathy drives caring. Uh, if, if, if an organization uh, leaders are not caring, people hesitate to follow them. They they hesitate to trust them, right? So caring is very critical, and it is emotional empathy that drives caring. Compassion builds on empathy. It actually includes empathy, and then it adds the component of if I care about something, but the, the compassion adds the component of committing myself to act on that caring, to serve the needs of the people, to pull the child out of the water, not just to suffer with the child that has just falling into the water or, or suffering with the mother uh, who's, who's crying, right? But also that I make that commitment, I'm doing something about it, and I help to, to elevate the suffering of that person or help to, that person even to flourish or to thrive. That's the second. Compassion drives the commitment to serving. That's where, when we talk about servant leadership. These people have a high, high degree of compassion. They feel the compassion. And the third is interest. Interest is critical for a leader to understand what they are leading, what are they, what are the issues and the needs that people have that I want to like lead towards solving those issues, right? But, but no matter where you are, if you are elected or a leader like uh, in politics, or if you are a leader in the community or in in a corporation, it's always these are the these are the three fundamental emotions that build the foundation. If you don't have them. Uh, people will know if somebody doesn't lead from, a, uh, from empathy and compassion and from interest, it's very hard to lead uh, in, in a uh, mobilized people. But build on, on those three emotions and on the um, understanding of what the issues are and empathizing with the people and that commitment of serving, then a leader can build a vision. In order to build a vision uh, for a better future, you need to have optimism. If you don't have optimism, I give the example, like if you are in, in emotion stuck in the past, you cannot see a better future. So you need optimism, uh, but then also you need to mobilize people. Uh, and in order to mobilize people towards that vision, you need to inspire people. They need to feel inspired. Now, you can use the old, you know, carrot and stick method, which many managers are still using, but that doesn't provide a deep and sustained commitment for people to follow you, right? So in order to mobilize people, you need to inspire, and you can learn to inspire. You don't. It's good to be charismatic; that will help. But most people are not charismatic. But you can learn. There's a lot of ways you can inspire others. And the third uh, in, in that um, 
categories, then if you have mobilized people, you need to coordinate effective actions. And uh, so you need to have people collaborate together. But in order to achieve that collaboration, the fuel for collaboration is trust. This trust uh, is, is, is actually hindering people to collaborate. Uh, I have managed large teams around the world uh, many times. People didn't know each other personally very well. So I had to make extra effort that they, that they build trust with each other so I could lead them much better and more effectively. So optimism, inspiration, and trust. Optimism drives to look into the future to create a better vision, inspiration to mobilize people. And then when you have mobilized people, uh, trust, uh, cultivating trust helps you to, uh, to foster collaboration, to create, you know, coordinate effective actions. But then the last one, the seventh, is, is very critical when things go wrong. We, we have experienced this all with the pandemic. A lot of people have gone out of business or have lost their jobs during that time. And and uh, and families have uh, you know worried about uh, their well-being, this, you know schooling and a lot of lot of issues. We all went through that. I went through that as well, and I very closely watched my emotions. I was not isolated uh, or protected from the negative mood that in the media and so on. But uh, I had to cultivate uh, positive emotions that I mentioned before because they build resiliency. Leaders have to be resilient themselves when things don't go the way they, they wish they go, like if there's obstacles, if there's setbacks, uh, they have to be resilient themselves. And also, e equally important, they have to foster, they have to promote resiliency among the people. You, you gave that example how somebody easily can spread negativity and what emotional effect it has, but it has an effect on the behaviors of, of people. Um, if the leader, you know, runs around in, in a crisis like a chicken that that has the head chopped off, right? Uh, that becomes a disaster. But if the the leader, you know, has the emotion, you know, control to 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 foster the right emotional uh, state and, and mood and so on, you you get all together much easier through a crisis and come out on the other end much better. So these are you the know, yeah, and, and I love them because I think that they're so important and and they're positive. I mean, it's, again, you're not just just looking at, oh, what's wrong with this and how do we, you know, and, and just bemoaning your faith. These are ways to really be able to move people forward and organizations forward. And to me, Reiner, that's key. Now, you mentioned trust. And in today's world, there's a lot of mistrust and distrust and whether it's in companies or politics or or even in you know in businesses and and communities how do we shift that how do we get to a place because i think that's critical as one of the emotions how do we make that change so that people can be more trusting of one another of of what they're doing of their leaders and so forth yeah uh, this is a wonderful question. Uh, trust is, I would say, one of the most complex emotions that I have studied and that I have worked with. Uh, I work a lot with trust and also in my leadership career and, and especially, uh, you know, like in, in situations where I constantly have to grow and build new teams and new businesses and also partnerships, like you know, people that are not necessarily working for me, but I have to build strategic partnerships with that. It always, whatever you do, you want to achieve something with others, uh, you have to think about trust and you have to consciously build trust. 
and 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 let me it's it's best to 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 speak about examples because otherwise it becomes so abstract right because trust has has multiple dimensions and it has also a, a, a much multiple directions right and the best directions i mean let's say me as a leader um i um, i need to trust the people that i'm leading but also i need to make sure that the people that i'm leading trusting me so these are already two directions then as a leader as a manager i also need to facilitate somehow the trust building among the people this is the third direction right so i need to be very conscious where where are the trust issues how do i need in which direction do i need to build trust because that that will uh, inform what kind of uh, actions i take right so for example and when i have to, uh, uh, used to build global teams and people I, I tried to always carve out a budget to bring people together once a quarter or something it sometimes was very hard you know in hard times but I, I i tried that as much as it was possible that people got to know each other as human beings and uh, and it was magic what happened then like people that almost hated they were behaving like they hating each other like they did not trust each other they were hostile towards each other um and and this was always a little bit in a passive aggressive way right um and but i always because i was the manager or the leader i heard about it they would not speak it out openly towards each other people from different countries different ethnicities different religions and so on and and, and it's, a, it's a deep psychological you know story behind why why people had this prejudice but once they got to know each other let's say i i give a very example i i love that example i asked one of my assistant um she used to work in travel industry before i said can you can you design an 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 experience for my team we bring them together for 3 days beside our work that we do like business planning and strategy and so on they have fun together so she designed a cooking experience a whole day cooking together so hired two chefs uh that were part of that with like facility and uh, so they spend the whole day cooking together the people that before were very mistrusting each other at the end of the of the day they uh, became friends now the, the nature of friends is that you trust each other right uh, at least that the other has good intentions otherwise you would not be friends and they after that after this retreat they worked i i had uh, much fewer uh, incidences complaints about each other they were more effective together uh and and this is this is just just one example get to know the other person that you are distrusting at a more personal level make the effort be interested in the person so these these other emotions that uh, that's why it's built like a pyramid from the bottom up empathy compassion and interest if you cultivate these emotions with the other person that you have trust issues with that will help you later also to build trust right if you can empathize with the person i work a lot with indigenous uh, leaders indigenous tribes and i uh, many years ago i was uh, one by one tribe i was hired uh, this was for the first time and and at that time i had worked with tribal communities uh, before uh, professionally and i asked the the chairman of the tribe um in the first meeting um in the introduction i said what what in what way can i help you best right i always ask that question to really before i jump too quickly to to action or any kind of plan and so on and he looked at me he shook his head he said well many people like consultants like and he he didn't say white consultants but they had a lot of white consultants say they have failed they they couldn't help us 
And I said, I said to him, wow, I was a little bit shocked. And, 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 and I said, well, uh, that's not very encouraging, but is there, what can I do so that, uh, that I can uh, help you better, right? Because you're hiring me here. And they said, yeah, we hired you for your expertise and we know you're good and what you're doing. But uh, let me tell you, you have to first walk in our marketing before you can help us. Mm-hmm. And what, what he meant is basically you have to empathize with us. You need to cultivate empathy, compassion, and interest, exactly those three emotions, so that you, that you feel what we are feeling, that you understand the needs that we are having, and that you're also uh, you know, really committed, that you're not just rationally saying, oh, I'm hired, I need to do that. You really feel emotionally committed uh, to, uh, to serve our needs. And uh, I said, that is, that is tremendous insight for me. I really appreciate that. But how do I do this? How do I walk in your marketing? And he said, well, you uh, jump on a plane <laughs> and you come uh, down to our, to our reservation and you visit us and I will take you around, introduce you to people. You will learn what our challenges are. You will, you will meet people and so on. And this has been over years ago and I still work with, with that tribe as a trusted uh, advisor to them uh, on, and coach, executive coach and facilitator. I facilitate all their leadership retreats um, repeatedly. I have one coming up in two weeks. And uh, these are very impactful uh, transformational um, leadership retreats in terms of for them flashing out their new future, uh, developing strategies and plans, uh, acquiring uh, funding uh, and investment uh, for for those projects that are important for their future. You know, I, I think that's so important. Many years ago, I was actually uh, coming in to a new organization as the executive director, and I went around to all the people, and I said, so what do you need? Who, you know, tell, give me a little bit about what's going on here. What do you need? And they were shocked, Reiner. They said, nobody's ever asked us these questions before. Nobody's ever taken the time to find out what's important to us. And, and, and what you're saying is, is really beautiful because we need to know what the needs are of the people that we're leading, what's, what, you know, what's going on with them, what, they, what, what are some of the challenges and some of their goals and, and aspirations, and that's so beautifully important. So thank you for that. Yeah. So it, tell it our listeners, because we're running out of time, how they can get a hold of you, find out more about you. You also have a book, another book that you wrote before Aspire, how they can get a hold of your books and also find out about your boomerang coaching. Yeah. And the, so uh, the, the easiest way is to go to my website, Reiner Lomp. So this is my first name, R-E-I-N-E-R. L-O-M-B, so my first and last name, .com. Uh, and there you can uh, contact me if, if you, you have questions. Uh, I, I love, uh, I love uh, interaction and communication. You can, um, the, the books are available on Amazon. So Aspire 7 Essential Emotions for Leading Positive Change, no matter where you are, is on Amazon. Um, and I don't know if, if your radio shows listened in other countries than, than the United States, then it would be that Amazon domain of that country, but here in the U.S. it's Amazon.com. Uh, and uh, uh, my uh, first book, uh, The Boomerang Approach, um, is also uh, available um, 
there on Amazon. And uh, people can follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram and uh, Facebook and Twitter and so on. And so uh, just look up my name, Ryan Alamp, uh, and uh, you will find me. Beautiful. So, Reiner, before we close, what would you like to leave our listeners with? I want to uh, to reiterate, this is very important, uh, that uh, any any of you listeners, uh, if you're dissatisfied, no matter how big the issue is in a relationship, in your family, outside, in community, in the world, larger world, you have an issue that you care about, and I have not met anybody that doesn't care about something deeply, you can create positive change. It's not a question of uh, can you create change or not, but it's how big the changes you can create. You can always change one person, starting with your, with yourself. And to do it, you uh, need to be aware of, like, uh, become conscious about what is the behaviors I need to show, what decisions do I need to make, what actions do I need to take, and what emotional state do I need to be in in order to, to show that behavior and how can I cultivate it. And that's what I have developed a lot of exercises and practices, uh, best practices in aspire for that people can pick the right exercise to cultivate that emotion that they need in order to show the behavior to create the change they aspire to. Beautiful. Reiner Loam, thank you so much for all that you're doing, for helping other people, other leaders being able to create more positive change, not only for themselves and, and their organizations or businesses and the people that they're leading, but also the world. So thank you so much, and have a beautiful day. Thank you for having me, Jan. It was a pleasure. My pleasure, too. Thanks. So think about what Reiner Loam said, because it's so important to be able to take a look at what your emotions are. It doesn't mean you have to stop them. The first message that he gave was to be aware of what that emotion is, and examine it, why is it there, and again, if it's about something in the past, you've got to be able to let go of it to be able to move forward into the present and into the future. So think about that, and remember that you have the ability each and every day to empower yourself, even empower yourself with with your emotional states and shift them, And you can do so one step at a time. It doesn't all have to be at once, but that level of awareness in terms of who you are, what you're doing, and what you need to shift to reach your goal and to create more positive change is very key. So if you want to get a hold of me, I'll give you the short version. DocWhite.org is my website. And remember, you have the ability. Take those choices. Take those steps today. And let's create a beautiful world that we're all very excited about being here and living in. Thanks so much for joining us, and have a beautiful day. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.